Welcome to day 291 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of scripture. I'm Paul here with uh, Matt and David and Katie. So we continue our journey through the Gospel of Matthew. And the Gospel of Matthew has been a wonderful summation of uh, the narrative story of scripture that we've been talking about, you know, all year. Uh, All of these things are fulfilled in the person of Christ. So you see uh, the law and the prophets uh, fulfilled in the person of Christ. You see the story of Scripture, uh, God's pursuit of us once we had pushed Him out of our lives, you know, culminated in, in the person of Christ. And you see the wonderful teachings of Christ that are sometimes very warm and compelling, but there's also, you know, a harder edge, you know, to Christ when He deeply challenges the attitudes of our heart and our sin, even to the point of taking sin so seriously that we, you know, might cut off a hand or gouge out an eye, which would be better. Uh, than approaching, you know, life with our with our sin. Uh, we come to Matthew, you know, chapter nineteen, and uh, we continue in, in in our reading. So Matthew, as we come to Matthew nineteen, why don't you uh, lift us up in a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we um, we're thankful for time together in your Word. We're thankful for the means by which we can um, read Scripture together as your body and. And to be edified um, together, we ask as we read this that you would um, grow us up in Christ Jesus, that, Father, you would open our eyes to to behold wonderful things in your word, and, and Father, you would use your word to accomplish your purposes in us. Um, thank you for this time together. Uh, be with us. Um, as we draw near to you, would you draw near to us? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 19. When Jesus finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went into the region of Judea to the other side of the Jordan. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Haven't you read, he replied, that in the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another woman, commits adultery. The disciples said to them, If this is a situation between a husband and wife, it is better not to marry. Jesus replied, Not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who are born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can't accept this should accept it. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want inner life, keep the commandments. Which one? he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I've kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, 
Truly, I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible. With God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to him, Truly, I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or fields, for my sake will receive a hundred times as much, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. And so we see again uh, just the challenge of you know being caught between the things of this world, which are so deeply attractive, and the things of God, you know, to the point, you know, that Jesus said it's really hard for someone who has these things, whose heart is set on these things, you know, to enter the kingdom of heaven or to enter the kingdom of God. And and we have to realize, you know, that where we live and, uh, you know, the circles we travel in, if, if you are, you know, listening to our podcast and, you know, uh, suburban Cedar Park, we have such nice things and, and we have such extravagant lifestyles and enjoy you know, good meals, and it's really easy for us to think, you know, that's what life is all about, all mm-hmm. of the good things we can have or about to have or hope we can get, and uh, we, we really miss the heart of what God has given us as his true source of satisfaction in him. Now, this reminds me of uh, anytime we talk about wealth, and, you know, obviously it's so easy to think, well, I don't have as much as this person or that person and you can quickly kind of take yourself out of this category of maybe being a rich man but you know even the apostle paul when he's talking to timothy in in first timothy six you know he gives instructions on you know to those who are rich in this present world and i've always come back to these he says instruct those who are rich in this present age not to be arrogant or to set their hope on this uncertainty of wealth but on god who richly provides us with all things to enjoy Instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, and to be generous and willing to share. So what a great invitation, you know, if your wealth is kind of, do I have too much? What am I doing with it? Do I, and the invitation is, yeah, it's, you know, here to, from Jesus, it's to him, sell everything. Hmm. But then elsewhere we see in scripture, man, no, be rich in good works, be generous, be willing to share and set your hope on God. What, what a nice instruction. Uh, or invitation, yeah. and of course, very similar to the invitation that's you know given here. Uh, you know, just sell everything yeah. and, and give it to the poor, yeah. and come follow me. And, and of course, we hear that. You know, he he's asking the question. You know, Jesus said, "You know that life is found in in the commands. If one would simply hear God and live in obedience to Him, that is, you know, that is where you know life is found." And he, obviously, by His answer, he said, "I haven't found it. What what do I still lack?" Mm-hmm. And Jesus answers, if you would be perfect, and we hear that, oh, okay, that's a different class of Christians. There are those who excel you know, and want to be perfect. So if you'd be complete, in other words, if the gospel really is sinking to the heart of your life, mm-hmm. then uh, possessions will mean nothing to you, and you'll, you'll freely you know, give, them, you know, give them away. And, and it is pretty astounding you know, where, he, you know, where he goes with that. Yeah. He, could, he could see his heart, and he could see that that would be a problem for him course from his perspective uh, 
But um, I was just going to say, or, or a problem for everyone. Oh, for you, sure. You, you know, he he generally categorizes it the wealthy in mm-hmm. in, in general. Mm-hmm. You know, come you know come here. It's a problem for me too. Oh I, yeah. I I don't have much wealth. Well, no, um, and we want to be like him too. You know, like hey Jesus, what do I need to do? You know, why? What do I need to do? Like, where are the few uh, yeah. things you can almost. Not that it tells me he's almost like you know pulling out a notepad and a pen like hey just tell me the few things Jesus mm-hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna do those things and everything's gonna be great mm-hmm. and yet the requirement of Jesus is is so much more it's all consuming yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and so worth it uh, we don't always talk about that side of it but so worth it to give up things for the sake of you no know, we often say that begrudgingly yeah yeah and it's it's worth it <laughs> yeah. we we've missed the gospel yeah. Katie, sorry. We oh, no, I was so gonna, rudely interrupted you. No, not at all. Well, I, Welcome back. Just was, after we invited you back. <laughs> I was just going to point out um, something that kind of sticks out to me just in the divorce section is um, just an apologetic, really, for the Old Testament and the creation narrative because Jesus, Jesus goes back to that. He points um, them back to the creation. And um, I, I think sometimes it's tempting for me to be like, okay, how do we know? Like if Moses wrote the old Testament or wrote like the first five books of the old Testament, then how did he know exactly what was happening at creation? Right. So, um, but then you see Jesus referencing it um, and calling people back to it when he's talking about divorce. So that's just like a little um, apologetic for, the creation narrative so unhelpful and, for me. And, a, and a very rare moment uh, from the lips of jesus that he refers to god as creator hmm. and, and this is really important when we're, we're thinking about our sexuality uh you know the first thing that we need to sure. establish is we are creatures who have a creator and he is the one who uh, establishes our boundaries and has created us you know for his for his purposes. So the real question we ask is not what do we, what do we want, or how do we want to express ourselves, or what is meaningful to us, but what has our Creator created us for? And of course, He's created us for a, a single, you know, union that is indissolvable. You know, in, I don't know what word I just said, but mm-hmm. anyway, sounds good. You can't tear it apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in, in the middle of it, and, and so the the vision is so much higher. Mm-hmm. You know, we again, and, and we've been talking about this week. We haven't th- minds the thing, you know, things of men rather than things of God. And so, what comes to mind more than anything else is our pleasure in sex, our fulfillment in sex, and mm-hmm. you know what, you know what is fitting for us. And and we can take it casually. The Creator created us in this instance, you know, in both wealth and in this, for so much more, and we settle for so much less. And every time we do, we demean uh, both. Uh, our creator's purpose and also the image of the creator in us mm-hmm. yeah, and up- upholding this high view of sexuality and marriage i mean look at the response <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> if this is a situation between a husband and wife it's better not to marry that's you right know, are you kidding me Peter there's said, no way out if i had know? known this yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, now you tell me <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're liking moses better and better uh, <laughs> no I, I think in these accounts especially with the the rich, the rich man, you know, I've always wondered, I, he, he really does come to Jesus in, in good faith. And, and you see even him leaving sad because he had great wealth, you know, because he's wrestling with the tension of, I've got great wealth, but there is something attractive about Jesus mm-hmm. here and, and, and not really knowing how to reconcile those things. But 
I've always wondered if I went to Jesus and asked the question, you know, what do, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And he came back to me and said, this, this is a thing that needs to go, how I would respond. You know, I mean, it's easy to say, oh, I'd give it all up. It's another thing when you begin to see that he goes to the very thing that your heart gravitate to, you know, gravitates towards. And and so I, I think that's one of those probing things that, and you mm-hmm. brought it up, Dave, a little bit, is do we see Jesus as ultimately worth it? That he really mm-hmm. is our greatest treasure and he... You know, he will be the one who satisfies, you know, he comes to the end because they even say, this is impossible. And he goes, no, with God, all things are possible. And, you know, anyone who leaves father, mother, wife, you know, for my sake, like, they're, so, ultimately they uh, don't lose. So much more, a hundred times as much yeah. and, 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 and eternal life. Uh, but there's an irony, you know, that's uh, embedded in this passage. He, he comes to Jesus because there is a deep sense that he's missing it. Mm-hmm. And so he, he's very specific. You know, I, what do I need to do to, you know, get the life that you're talking about mm-hmm. or the life that the Old Testament prophets, you know, have talked about? How, how can I get that? And then he said, you know, the commandments and which ones, mm-hmm. you know, give me, you know, give me some real specifics. And he nails that out. And he said, I've done that. And Jesus mm-hmm. said, no, on a very superficial level. But if you want, you know, completeness, detach yourself completely from these things and give yourself fully to me. And, and that is, you know, to the essence of what we've been talking about this week of denying yourself, uh, your yearnings, your longings, you know, and, and your dreams, holding them loosely uh, before the Heavenly Father and knowing your Father knows how to give good gifts uh, to those who love Him. Mm. So it is, it is rich and challenging. And, and as we always say, the gospel comforts us in our distress and distresses us when we get comfortable. <laughs> and here it is once again. Mm. Father, thank you for your, your grace. Thank you for your grace to comfort. Thank you for your grace to confront. Thank you for uh, being the very means by which we uh, can loosely hold out the things of this world and gravitate to you. Thank you for your work, by your spirit in your life. And Father, may you show us the true value of things and the true value of the gospel. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.